The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 209 for May 30th, 2010. Is tracking prepaid really the answer? Breaking down the iPhone 4G rumors and Joey's new phone debacle. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iPhone and iPod Touch, available now in the iTunes store for $1.99. Well, happy Memorial Day, everyone, and greetings from Minnesota. I'm up in the land of 10,000 lakes again this weekend with Joey. And as always, I'm excited to be here recording it with you live, Joey. It's always more fun to be in the same room when we record. Absolutely, because it's just an easier conversation. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it's a beautiful weekend up here. Hopefully you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. Recording a day early. Hopefully get this out a little bit early for you so you can enjoy the show on your day off on Monday. Well, last week we announced a contest to win a number of accessories related to the iPhone 3G and 3GS. And congratulations are in order to Charles Curley. He's the winner of our contest this week. Charles, I'll be reaching out to you to get your info and send off the prize pack uh, sometime later in the week. Thanks again to everyone who has signed up to be a Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked subscriber. It's your support that keeps us bringing you this show and the other show each and every week. We've got another contest this week, and we are marching our way forward to the anticipated announcement to the next iPhone. This prize pack includes five items, and all of which, again, related to the iPhone 3G and 3GS. First off, the Dexim P-Flip portable power dock. So if you're interested in using your iPhone on the go and uh, possibly want to have it uh, fold, your power folded up and uh, able to give you a uh, little stand for your iPhone, this is a really neat thing to use. Next is the Mogo Talk integrated Bluetooth headset and case. Looking for a case with your iPhone that's got a Bluetooth headset integrated into it. This is a real fun one to use. Third, the Invisible Shield uh, Protection Transparent Film. So if you're looking for an Invisible Shield for your iPhone, uh, that's uh, what we've got in here as well. Uh, Fourth, the Energizer Energy to Go Charger. There was one of those in the price pack last week, another one this week. And finally, a Power Film Solar Charger for AA batteries. You can put in four AA batteries into this charging pack and place it for just four hours in direct sunlight, and it'll charge either NICAD or nickel metal hydride batteries with no outlet needed. The value of this contest this week is over $200. So uh, this is uh, another very powerful prize pack that we're giving away here, like I said, in anticipation of the announcement of the next iPhone coming up in just a week here. So another really fun contest. That is. There's some great items in there, Mickey. Now, I suppose you want to know how you can win it. So we're going to make this one all about social media and our digital outreach. So this week, um, what you're going to have to do is to interact with one in with one of our social media uh, components. So we've got we've got a number of different things here. The first is Twitter. Uh, we've got three separate Twitter accounts. The second is Facebook. We've got a Facebook fan page. And the third is the email uh, updates that we send out each and every week for the latest show that gets released. So to enter, you simply have to follow us through one of the following methods. First off, for Twitter, head over to twitter.com and follow us on all of these accounts. So all three accounts need to be followed. It's uh, The first one is for me. It's TCPJ underscore Mickey. The second one is Joey. He is TCPJ underscore Joey. And the third is cell phone junkie and that's the one that's directly tied to the website and every time we post a new show you get an update uh through that particular twitter account 
Uh, so those are the three accounts you need to follow. So that's the first thing you can do. You, if you're a Twitter uh, user, you can follow all three accounts on Twitter. Second is Facebook. If you're a Facebook fan and use that more, uh, you can become a fan of the show, which is at facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie. And you add it by clicking that like button. So facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie, become a fan of the show on Facebook. And third, if you're not a social media user, you don't use either Twitter or Facebook, but you still want to enter the contest, you can uh, follow us through the emails that I send out every week. So uh, basically, you just want to be added to uh, the show, and it's a really easy way to do that. You just email us and say, hey, I want to be added onto the weekly distribution list for the announcement for the show. So you've got uh, those three different options. So here's what you have to do. Follow us on Twitter, fan us on Facebook, or want to get the emails once you've decided what you want to do, take a screenshot of the places that you're on. So go over to, um, you know, go to Twitter and take a screenshot showing that you're following uh, both the cell phone junkie or excuse me, cell phone junkie, TCPJ underscore Mickey and TCPJ underscore Joey um, and send us that. The Facebook side, of course, just take a screenshot of you following the cell phone junkie on Facebook or just send an email that's easy enough, uh, basically that you want to enter the contest. And to kind of make this a little bit easier, send all of this to contest at thecellphonejunkie.com. So that'll help me separate it out and figure out who's entering this contest. Uh, Contest at thecellphonejunkie.com. And once you send that screenshot to me, it'll be uh, just take a, you know, one random person uh, between now and next Saturday, June 5th, 2010 is when we'll be choosing it and we'll announce it on the next show. Again, it is open to international listeners as well as those that already follow us. Just take that screenshot, send it to contest at the cell phone and you'll automatically be entered. Wow. Yes, that was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. <laughs> It's a little complicated, but I figured that would be the best way, kind of giving everybody an opportunity to enter if, uh, you know, if you use social media or if you don't, you can get in on any of those ways. Yeah, because email is pretty easy. Absolutely. And again, I, I've talked about this before. You'll just get an email uh, when every show is released. And that's a bit. That's it. That's all we use it for. We don't I don't send you spam. I don't send you basically any sort of solicitations or anything like that. It's just puts you in the database. And when a show gets released, it shoots out an automated email. So yeah, you can almost set your watch to the time when the show is released. Almost (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. Every Sunday evening is, is when we like to send them out. So uh, anyway, good news there uh, that we've got another contest here. And uh, once again, for our contest last week, congrats to Charles. Next, we've got a special TCPJ unlocked show coming out this week. Kevin Mitchell from crackberry.com joined us to talk all about you guessed it, Blackberries, and specifically the new Blackberry Bold 9650 that I've been checking out for the last couple of weeks, as well as other things happening in the world of RIM. We're going to wait uh, for the next cycle, basically, so till next week before we released it, but felt it would be good to have it out a week early. So happy Memorial Day, everybody. That'll be out this coming Tuesday for all you Unlocked subscribers. Kevin's a real great guy. He was a blast to have on the show. Yeah, that was a good conversation. I, I, I'm really kind of a big fan of Blackberries now. I'm uh, more so moving that direction as far as, uh, you know, interested in the Palm Central replacement because it really is a pretty, uh, you know, enterprise-centric device. Absolutely. So, Joey, you've got a little story here. Oh. Let's hear about the debacle behind the Blackberry this week. Okay, so I, I, I'm finally, you know, thinking, okay, we've got this new bold out. Mickey had a software update this week on it that improved his uh, his experience with it. And it seems like every Blackberry now lately that I've had with Sprint um, 
they benefit greatly from a software update, which it seems like there's one out within a couple weeks of its uh, release. And uh, sure enough, it was no different this week with the bold and they put out a software update and it uh, helped Mickey out. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, there's not going to be another BlackBerry for, I don't know how long on Sprint. I mean, it's six months minimum. Yeah, at least six months um, before they see a new BlackBerry. So I'm like, well, okay, so now's the time. So I did order one after spending an hour on the phone with them trying to confirm that I could get the $10 BlackBerry internet service added to my plan. Um, Technical support, you know, they said, oh, yeah, it should be possible. No problem. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, So then I ordered the phone and get the phone in yesterday and spend another hour and a half on the phone with them trying to add the BlackBerry service to my plan, which is an ancient free and clear plan, which it has got to be at least eight years old. I've had this uh, plan for. Um, So... Uh, they were unsuccessful in adding it. Mm. So um, I did order the return pack for the phone. Um, I, I, I tried to get it added every which way. So I'm just stuck right now on my Centro. So I've got another option. Retention offered me a, a plan, which now that I went back and looked, Mickey, I, I think they were op- offering me a whopping $5 off the retail price mm. for being a 10 plus year subscriber. So uh, that's pretty worthless really uh mm-hmm. not 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 too not too uh retention oriented there um so now I- i'm really just uh at an uh impasse here i was so excited when i, I heard that joey had ordered his blackberry it, it was so exciting and i mean and we you know got a, got a lot of buzz going on twitter about it too lots of people were very happy for you yeah and you know i, I was excited to try to get to something a little bit more modern mickey but you know i'm actually going to miss out on a lot of things on the blackberry cuz i try to do a bunch of research on getting a calculator that's reverse polish notation um i, I it, it seems like the storms got one and it seems like there's a couple out there but uh not for what i've not not compared to what i have on the on the uh, palm here um, I, I'm going to miss the touch screen. There's a lot of, uh, you know, when I'm using that calculator, I can quickly do calculations on there on using the touch screen with the Blackberry. I won't have that. Um, there's a bunch of old applications I use, uh, unit converters, things like that, that are just so easy to use on the touch screen that, you know, I am going to be missing out. on. It's not a major upgrade for me. It really isn't. Mm. Uh, you know, though, I mean, you've been you got the Blackberry, so you got to at least see it, you know, in person. And, and I've got the, this test one here. And, I mean, as far as Blackberries go on the CDMA side, I think this is about as good as they get right now. This is kind of the, you know, this well, is it, the high standard. It for them. is as good as they get. I mean, it really is. I mean, I suppose you can get the tour. It's very close to this one. It, it's, it just doesn't have Wi-Fi. It doesn't have the optical trackpad. Um, I don't I don't know about the screen resolution. This one looks like it's better, but it probably isn't. Um, but, you know, Mickey, I, I just don't know. It's uh, I just don't know what to do right now. Mm. Well, if you've got any ideas for Joey, we'd love to hear him because on a retention plan like he has, obviously things are not going as smoothly as we would we would like in, in trying to get an upgrade for you. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Trio Pro is probably the only other really option. And it, that's not even I wouldn't even. Say compared even. to the central yeah no way oh that's such a step back that's not even funny maybe. yeah I, I no there's really not much else i can do so um it's a, it's tough mm. i'm 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 agitated because it's just there's not a clear answer here on, on what i can do or should do uh other than just stick with the centro which uh, you know that yeah it's getting old i mean i i still, still works I, it still works great but it is getting old and there's a lot of uh google integration that you can do with the blackberry um that that is advantageous 
over yeah. the Centro. So, you know, it's kind of one of these things where, you know, moving forward, um, you know, it's a more modern platform. Mm. Well, I don't know what to tell you at this point other than I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sad. I'm, I'm almost, you know, just saying we got to, we got to figure out something for you to do, uh, that, that, that involves, you know, getting someone higher up in sprint involved. Cause there's gotta be a way to get you a Blackberry in your current plan. Some, something has to be possible. That's true. That's true. Uh, anyway, well, uh, we had, like I said, we, we were teasing this a lot on Twitter this week and, uh, it was actually kind of fun. We had, uh, at tech junkie 79, AKA B rad guessed it as to far as what had happened with Joey Tynan had guessed it on Facebook. And, um, so, and then, uh, had a lot of people just kind of guessing, cause I just put out there that I was very excited for Joey and an announcement that she, he had to make and stuff. So we had a lot of fun on the social media side this week, trying to, trying to figure out, uh, people trying to figure out what Joey had done. Joey, you also have another story here about a sprint curve 8530 software update that you had tried to do this week. Uh, you know, actually I didn't implement it yet, Mickey. Uh, I just didn't have time, but, uh, sprint did release a new update for their, uh, 8530 curves again. So, uh, if anybody has one of those, uh, go get the update. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I, I've got the Verizon version, so I did not see an update, but, uh, nonetheless, if yes, like Joey says, if you are a customer of sprint with that 8530, go ahead and make that upgrade. Let's jump into the news this week. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about here and we've got some great questions as well. So we want to make sure that we get enough time to spend with those. Uh, but first off, there was a, 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 a news report and this came from, I think 60 minutes. It was on uh, the CBS news website and the inventor of the cell phone, Marty Cooper had a show uh, or a segment specifically dedicated to him and how he has improved the cell phone uh, with the last 37 years and it was actually very interesting to watch. If you're any sort of a you know a, a history geek when it comes to cell phones, this was a lot of fun to watch. And we're going to put a link in the show notes where you can click and watch it all online. Yeah, and if you have a Windows computer, um, you can stream it right from the uh, what is it called the Windows Media Center uh, with CBS. If you just go to Internet TV, you can uh, watch the segment there. Uh, I saw it on there last night. I just didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, it, it's a pretty neat little video. It goes through a lot of things that he's done in his life, and you know talks about his incorporation now with. Uh, jitterbug and in fact i actually got to spend some time with the jitterbug phone yesterday my grandparents got one and it, it's funny there actually is a dial tone on the phone nice so you you open the phone up and it and has it, nice it has a dial tone and and what the dial tone means is that you have service so for anybody who has ever used a you know a, a, a landline phone you pick it up you have a dial tone you know the phone is going to work that's how this works. That's how it should work, Mickey. Yep. That's great. So it is kind of cool. Very, very simplistic device. In fact, I was like, boy, this, I mean, it's grant. It's geared for a certain mature audience that may not be all that interested in getting all the, the bells and whistles with it, but it still has enough features on it to make it useful. So if you've got a car with Bluetooth, that's got Bluetooth built into the phone. Very easy to set up. There's no send and end keys. It's all yes and no. And you're answering questions on the screen. So you, you know, you open up the phone and it, you can scroll up and down through a list of menus. But when you get to the one you want, you just hit yes. And then like for the phone book, you hit yes. And then it says, says, you know, Mickey, if you want to call Mickey, you hit yes. And it, it just, it kind of makes a little bit more sense for those that are not, you know, in with the, we'll say cell phone lingo. Anyway, Marty Cooper was one of the people who put together the jitterbug uh, philosophy and, and company and stuff like that. So anyway, he, he talks about that on the show too. Very, very neat. Check it out. I think 12 minutes long or something like that. It's not too bad, uh, but pretty good for those that are interested, especially in the history of phones. Well, Nokia and Yahoo 
forming a partnership this week in a joint press conference. The partnership in the mobile space was announced. Yahoo providing now email, messaging, and other services for Nokia's mobile devices, and Nokia will assist with Yahoo's mapping service through its Navtech division. The new messaging services will be branded Powered by Yahoo. The deal does not prohibit Yahoo from providing services to other platforms, and Yahoo will still be providing search, mail, and other services to numerous phone platforms, but Nokia will be the exclusive provider of Nokia Maps, which will now be, quote, powered by Avi, and Yahoo will be the exclusive provider for Nokia's chat and mail. The companies will also work to integrate their customer ID and login system. The LA Times reporting this week that 24 GPS satellites in use in the U.S. are about to undergo an improvement costing an estimated $8 billion. The program would include a replacement of uh, over the course of the next decade and would decrease the margin of error down to three feet from the current 20. Estimates show that approximately 1 billion GPS receivers are currently in use in the United States, taking advantage of the system. Also, the first uh, first new sa- uh, GPS satellite was launched this week by the Air Force, and this one is supposed to help with some of those more precise navigation and timing services for the military. So a lot of fun GPS stuff this week, Joey. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's it, it's kind of the back-end technology that's now become so ubiquitous with the cell phone. And that's one of the advantages of the bowl, too. It has GPS in it that I don't have with the Centro. Um, it is, uh, it's neat to have navigation with you at all times because, I mean, it's a great safety device. It's a great information device. And, uh, you know, it's, it's neat that they're upgrading the system to, to make it more accurate as well and to replace the aging, aging satellites because they're, you know, they're only designed for a certain lifespan. Like these new satellites, I think they're only designed to run for 12, yeah, 12 years. And um, it's just, it, it's neat to see that they're actually improving upon it. Well, and the current satellites out there fly at about 11,000 miles above the Earth. That's a fact I did not know. That is uh, just amazing. You can pick up that signal from your phone inside, in some cases, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, with that weak, weak timing signal. And just so you know, cell phones do not run off satellites. They don't. <laughs> anyway. They'd be like satellite phones. They would now. be like satellite phones. Yeah. Moving on, shortly after the release by T-Mobile announcing the expansion of its HSPA Plus network in the Northeast, AT&T responded that it is not happy with T-Mobile's claims that they are running a, quote, 4G network. In a press release from T-Mobile, they state that our competitors are asking consumers to pay more for faster wireless service with limited coverage and very few capable devices. In contrast, T-Mobile is already delivering 4G speeds today for customers as we continue to make major leaps in expanding our mobile broadband footprint. AT&T, though, says that companies need to be careful that they're not misleading customers by labeling HSPA Plus as a 4G technology. Though looking at what defines 4G, there's no real official way to define what compromises one of the next generation networks. Though, if you take a look at some of the speeds that we're seeing from the HSPA Plus networks uh, from T-Mobile, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of you know 7 to 10 megabits per second, and we're talking about LTE networks coming up from Verizon and AT&T, somewhere between 7 and 10 megabits per second. So the speeds are identical, yet there's no real way to define it other than saying, well, this is the next generation and next type of technology. That's it. I mean, that's really, that's in the consumer could care less. I could care less about, uh, or couldn't care less, I'm sorry, um, about that. And it's it's really about the speed. I mean, it that's all that matters, you know, the, the, the latency and speed. Maybe there's a latency difference. Mm. 
I Maybe. Mean, you know, if you're talking megabit, but if the latency is way less in the fourth generation network, then it should be just, you know, that distinction should be made. But uh, at this point, it's, it's, it's all, it's just, it, hey, my old Samsung A500 that I had, what, seven years ago. <laughs> right. was, yeah, that was a 3G phone, Mickey. Right. 3G. Yeah. Yep. 3G. 1XRTT was 3G back then. It, it's all just, it's meaningless. I mean, it's... Marketing? That's exactly what it is. And, and a consortium that, the, the 3G consortium that makes these standard, these random standards up and calls them these things. I would say that if you're looking for the fastest thing out there right now, you either have to go with WiMAX in one of the few cities that have WiMAX, or you have to go with HSPA Plus from T-Mobile in one of the cities that they have it. But pretty much everything is the same standard 3G as it was last year at this time. Things have upgraded a little bit, but around one meg and maybe at your your absolute peak, two megs per second is about as fast as you're going to get on there. So unless you're in one of these specialized markets, there's not a lot else you can do. No, in the EVDO Rev A with Sprint or Verizon, I mean, it's pretty solid, Mm -hmm. but it's not... It's not as fast as these, but it is solid. I'll tell you, though, there's something to be said for EVDO, especially when you, you know, I've been I've been using a lot of EVDO this weekend as I've been traveling. And even with, you know, very, very low service and we're talking service in the the negative 90 dBm range, I'm still getting speeds that are about 500 kilobits per second, which is totally nice. It is. It is. All right, well, let's move on. The U.S. government wanting to track prepaid phones in a new bill unveiled by lawmakers. They're aiming at the anonymity, anonymity, excuse me, of prepaid cell phones. The bill would require buyers of a prepaid cell phone to show proof of identity when purchasing new phones, and the service provider would be required to retain that information so phone users could be identified easily. Prepaid cell phones can often be purchased with cash and without a credit check, and New York Senator Chuck Schumer said that the proposal is overdue because... For years, terrorists, drug kingpins, and gang members have stayed one step ahead of the law by using prepaid cell phones that are hard to trace. Schumer pointed that the alleged Times Square bomber plot uh, plotter, uh, Fazal Shazad, uh, I, that's not it, F- Fazal? I've heard this a thousand times. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Mr. Shazad used a prepaid cell phone, meaning his identity could not be discovered through cell phone records as it is postpaid user only. While most Americans use prepaid mobile devices lawfully, the anonymous nature of these devices gives too much cover to individuals looking for them for the deviant, dangerous means. The bill needs to be ratified by Congress before it could become law. What a waste of effort, Mickey. You know why? Because people will find ways around this no matter what. They're always one step ahead, the criminals, on being tracked down. They'll mm-hmm. steal. They'll start stealing people's postpaid accounts is what will happen. They'll start overtaking their accounts and stealing them and, and doing quote unquote identity theft of their cell phones. It's all they'll do next. It's it's a, it, it's so meaningless. How about getting a prepaid card from a service like Max Roam or TruePhone oh, or something like that? Someone who provides services here in the U.S. for relatively reasonable rates, but they're from outside the company. Then what? Uh, it, it, yeah, same difference. Yeah. It's just it, it's absolutely a waste of effort. Mm. Interesting, though, that they're trying to push that. Congress also trying to push the next steps to modernize the Communications Act of 1996, overseeing much of the telecommunications industry. Lawmakers believe the law is out of date and doesn't reflect the needs of consumers, especially concerning the Internet and broadband. One of the changes being considered would give the FCC the ability to enforce its broadband and net neutrality policies. The FCC was slapped down by the appeals court decision earlier this year, suggesting that the agency overstepped its authority when it scolded Comcast for throttling internet speeds. The last revision was completed in 1996, and it took five years to finalize. So we will see what happens with that. But this will likely take a number of years as well. 
Well, the FCC also publishing a set of guidelines for consumers to help educate them on early termination fees. It lists a number of things consumers can do to ensure they make informed decision and avoid any extra charges. Most of the recommendations include things like asking the person when you sign up for a cell phone contract what the fee is and doing things like taking advantage of trial periods so that you can leave without incurring that ETF. One thing I have to say, Mickey, with Sprint, because uh, I, I ordered a new phone over the phone uh, with them. They were very, very, very clear about the charges, the 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 contract, the terms, the you know how it uh, starts off at two hundred dollars and goes down whatever per per month. Um, they, they the return policy, the they were very uh, explicit, and I was very happy to see they provided that kind of information because in the past I've ordered phones. Okay, it's shipping to you. And that's all you get. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell you there's a two-year contract. They didn't tell you the return policy. They didn't tell you any of the the, the fine print associated with it. And they, I, I think they did a pretty good job on that. Mm. Oh, that's good. I, I like to hear that. I mean, there's there's a lot of, of, of uh, spotlight on this right now. And so I think that as more and more uh, things change, obviously, we, we've seen you know, AT&T last week upping its early termination fees from 175 to 325 for smartphones and netbooks. So... Folks that are buying new phones now are going to be in for even a bigger shock if they go to cancel their contract early. But uh, the FCC also this week talks about customers are finding themselves bill shocked. Apparently one in six customers have received bills with unexpected cell phone fees. I mean, I don't know what to say about that other than I think people are just using their devices without really understanding the consequences of what that means. But I don't know how you get around that. It's tough, Mickey. I mean, there's tools to, to, to check. It's not entirely clear, and it's easy to go over some of these uh, limits that they set. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit of everybody's to blame here with these uh, with this bill shock, but the the carriers could do a heck of a lot better. The solution is send a text message to a subscriber when they're close to and or go over their set uh, the set limit that they have. And Sprint has been doing that for me with some of the new accounts I have. They've been uh, notifying me of. Uh, international charges, international uh, uh, long distance calls and roaming um, before they've gotten pretty much out of hand. So uh, they went so far as to even disable outgoing calls where any outgoing call made was just routed right to their finance department to uh, ensure that everything was okay. So it's good and bad, obviously. But uh, it's nice to see that they're trying to to keep people from going crazy on their accounts because some of these bills we've read about, you know, $18,000 for a Mm -hmm. month, that's come on. (laughs) Yeah, they can get pretty high, and they're saying that out of uh, the one in six customers that they have, about 50% of those people are seeing their bills jump by about $50, and a roughly quarter of those people have seen increases up to $100 or more. So, yeah, there's there's obviously the, the ones on the extremes, which you know find themselves you know thousands of dollars over. But most people, when they open their bill, they expect it to be about the amount that they thought it would be when they sign up for their plan, and when they see anything more than a few bucks more than that, they get concern and mickey if i go over my minutes which i do occasionally um i I did actually last month it doubles my my bill when i go over my minutes and that's kind of when i see that i'm like oh what happened and it's like oh i went over the minutes darn it because i didn't realize it which i could buy five dollar plan you know a minute pack uh if i was watching it before the the month closed um uh, i would save money but you know they they get you yeah so anyway we'll see uh we'll see what happens with this one and what kind of legislation actually you know happens but uh, that that's what's going through the fcc 
right now. Well, AdMob says that iPhone OS customers outnumber the Android customer by two to one here in the U.S. They're saying in the U.S. that uh, Android has got approximately nine million unique devices that are being used right now. And with the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch, so all iPhone OS customers, that is about 18 million Worldwide, Android has got about 11.6 million subscribers, and that same iPhone OS group is about 40 million. So interesting, though, we talked about last week how just in the first quarter, the Android OS had outpaced the iPhone. But overall, obviously, the iPhone is still doing much, much better. It's been out for so many more years. Yeah. And it it was just on little teeny T-Mobile, and they only sold basically kind of a handful of them that first year. And this time next year, I think that'll be... uh, catching up a little bit closer absolutely AT&T starting to unlock handsets as part of a class action lawsuit AT&T will provide unlock codes for all phones under these conditions first a customer was to, must have 90 days of active service second they must be able to provide proof of purchase for the phone third if AT&T has an exclusive agreement on a device for less than 10 months the customer must wait until the 10 months is over before providing that code and if the exclusive is longer than 10 months they will never provide the code if you want to opt out of this settlement you will need to do so by June 4th 2010 and you can do so by heading over to ATT locking lawsuits.com the final approval hearing will be held on July 2nd AT&T also to start offering iPhone insurance for $14 per month plus deductible the boy genius got some information on new insurance plans for the iPhone $14 per month will be available through the app store on a purchase that will uh, give you a monthly charge on your account um, on your iTunes account that is plus If you ever lose your phone, you'll have to pay anywhere from $99 to $199 for a replacement off contract pricing for these devices, though, is as high as $700. So if you're someone who's susceptible to losing devices, this is actually not a bad idea. An enrollment must occur within 30 days of purchasing a new iPhone. So, I mean, you think about it, you spend $300 for an iPhone and then you spend, you know, $700 to buy, you know, another one. If you lose it, you know, what's, you know, 200 bucks plus 14 bucks a month, um, if, if you're susceptible to losing it, Joey's giving me kind of a... Oh, that's high, man. Yeah. $14 a month, that's... Ooh, it seems painful to me. And then having to pay a $200 deductible, that's hardly insurance. I mean, uh, yikes. Well, it's... Uh, for, like I said, only really good for those who are susceptible well, to losing Well, and that's devices. probably what they're targeting for because they'll be, you know, I don't know how how uh, willing they will be to insure repeat offenders, too. True. Maybe just one time and they're kind of cancel you from the plan I, I don't know how that'll work so i i guess it is good for them because you will save if you do lose your phone or d- destroy phones hey bottom line another way to get 14 bucks a month out of the customer well right? that's exactly it too yeah well this week speaking at a conference verizon wireless ceo lowell mcadam said that it will not offer unlimited use of its lte network and instead have tiered pricing programs mcadam indicated that customers will buy buckets of data by the megabyte and said that the lte services would be priced uh, at as such uh, verizon's MiFi and laptop dongle users have the five gigabyte of data limit and that's 60 dollars a month mcadam also noted that laptop dongles and similar devices would be the first to access the lte network though three to five handsets will be available during the first half of 2011 McAdam hinted that some of the devices would be introduced at the CES show in January 2011. People will be surprised by the number and variety of devices that we bring to the table using the new LTE network. McAdam was careful to also mention that the cost of carrying one meg of data across the LTE network will cost 
one half to one third of what the current costs are on its EVDO network. They also expect all voice traffic coming from LTE customers to use voice over IP uh, over LTE by 2012 rather than the CDMA network. And that's a huge cost savings for them. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to, I mean, thinking about how they do it right now with all the circuit switching and stuff like that, you know, routed over VoIP and that's great news. Yeah, because the the amount of the, the, the channel that's taken up by a voice call is huge in comparison to what um, what the data takes up. And then to then moving to LTE, they, you know, it's one third the cost. That's a huge savings for them because running the network is extremely expensive. Yeah, it's not cheap. I mean, they're investing billions every single year to make it better. So if they can do what they need to do. Uh, over VoIP, I think it's a it's a great thing. We talked earlier about T-Mobile's expansion of its HSPA Plus network through the Northeast. Well, they also announced that customers in Memphis and Las Vegas can hop on the HSPA Plus network on a properly enabled device, though that is really only uh, restricted right now to uh, one USB dongle. New T-Mobile USA CEO Robert Dotson, who has been the president and chief executive for the past 15 years, will transition to new opportunities in 2011. In order to ensure a smooth transition of leadership, Dotson has committed to stay actively engaged in the business until May of 2011. His designated successor is Philip Hum, an experienced DT executive and former CEO of T-Mobile Deutschland. The official announcement can be found in the show notes. Well, let's talk about our first sponsor of the day. It is Netflix. And if you're not a Netflix customer, you should be. Netflix is available for cell phone junkie listeners by signing up for a two-week free trial plan starting at $5 per month, 100,000 titles to choose from, keep each movie as long as you want, no late fees ever, free shipping both ways, free delivery in about one business day, cancel anytime, and as a bonus to those DVDs, watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for a free trial of Netflix. Well, this week has been a very travel-packed one for me, and that comes with a lot of downtime. And the advantage of having a Netflix Netflix subscription has really allowed me to watch a lot of content streamed online. So I was able to take in some Larry the Cable Guy, Comet, Cable Guy comedy this week uh, on my iPad connected to my Sprint Trio Pro. It works very well for on-the-go entertainment. And I really have now convinced myself that uh, I don't know that I really need to move on to that next version of the iPad, the one with the built-in 3G streaming after this weekend. I I just find that, you know, it's working really well uh, to have a device that's got uh, 3G EVDO uh, sharing over Wi-Fi like I do in the Trio Pro. I've had a lot of fun watching Netflix, Slingbox, movies, and all that kind of stuff on the iPad. It's really a great entertainment device. Specifically, though, for this conversation, though, Netflix has been great every single night. Just been logging on and, uh, you know, watching some different things. And, uh, you know, you can watch TV shows and stuff, so you don't have to engage in an entire movie. So as long or as short as you want, Netflix has your answer. They really do. And, you know, I just love their selection of uh, TV shows now. I mean, in their selection of movies, it it just keeps expanding here like crazy compared to the way it was uh, when they first launched the streaming service. So I'm really, really happy with it. And they they do keep improving it. And uh, uh, yesterday, Mickey, on uh, Friday, they updated the Roku player with a new version um, of the Netflix channel. So now on Roku, you can uh, browse movies that aren't just in your instant queue. Um, initially with the Roku, you could just go left and right through your instant queue and you could remove them, but you could not add new titles. But now 
uh, kind of like the uh, Wii Player and some of the uh, game consoles, you can scroll through the list of genres of movies, TVs, new movies, new TV, um, and it runs through. Uh, you've got selections uh, of suggestions. You can pick new things, and and the suggestions they had for me were great. There was a lot of movies I didn't know were available in instant streaming, like uh, The Rock with uh, uh, Nicolas Cage. I love that movie. It's just you know it's corny, but I, I, it's really entertaining. They had Demolition Man with uh, Sylvester Stallone. And then they've got some of the some of the newer titles. You know, there's a lot of good uh, uh, TV on there. Like since I've been watching X Files this week, uh, Mickey, they they had some shows like X Files, um, which I'm like, oh, that show's available for streaming too. So uh, it's an amazing upgrade for that player. So if you have one, make sure you do the uh, software update on there. Now, do you find that when you do you watch more streaming than DVD movies because you have the Roku, probably by far, yeah by far and especially i I, you know on my main kind of tv in the living room i've got a a home theater pc there um and i use netflix on there pretty frequently as well i'm kind of the same way i'm watching dvds occasionally and you know i get one every week but or well every couple of days it it seems like it's every couple of weeks now because i'm not watching as many and sending as many back yeah i i mean i've had the same dvd now for weeks and weeks and i rarely put the dvds in so uh you know the roku the the appliance aspect of it it's it, it's so easy i i'm tempted to buy another one now to put in the living room even even though i've got the wii out there it's even it, the roku is just so fast and easy and now you can actually end with the roku it, it's kind of difficult with the remote but you can type in a title search as well and find discs that way or, or, or not disc but instant streaming movies Rumor around the campfire is that uh, new Apple TV hardware is going to be coming out here within the next couple of months and that Netflix streaming may be incorporated into that. I do not see that happening, but that's the rumor right now. Though, I don't know. You've got a an iPad that has the ability to stream Netflix. You've got, well, not the iPhone yet, but the idea is that you'd have an Apple TV that would be running the same essentially variant of the Mac OS 10 that runs on the iPhone and iPad. And hey, just throw on the, the Netflix application on there and you'd be able to just stream your movies right over your Apple TV. So that, I guess that could work. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, very, that really could be. Hmm. Anyway, let's move on here. We've got some other um, device news we want to talk about. Uh, on the Apple side, Walmart cutting the iPhone 3GS price the 16 gigabyte iPhone 3GS down to $97 right now. Apple not commenting on whether it would be dropping prices on other models, but you know, pretty uh, pretty cheap there if you're looking to get in on the latest in Apple hardware. Digitimes posted an article this week that answers many of the rumors surrounding the launch of the iPhone 4G, further pointing out that Apple has initiated the iPhone 4G project at the end of 2008, so it's been going on for over a year, and which is being called N90. However, there's another point, uh, or another product out there, which is codenamed N91, offering little change from the previous iPhone design. The second line of iPhone design corroborates the ideas that an additional iPhone is in development from Apple, as speculated uh, by you, Joey, in uh, show number 50 of the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. It would appear that uh, every other line of products created by them um, is has multiple options, and it looks like iPhones uh, may have the same thing moving forward. What do you think? I uh, I think so, and I think you know when I saw that story earlier this week, Mickey, I thought there it is. There's the Verizon iPhone, mm-hmm. code named N91. Yep, and I think it's going to be very similar to what we see right now as a as a piece of hardware. The the, the rumors right now is that there are not a lot of changes uh, from the current iPhone that would be going into the 
N91 project, which would kind of make some sense if you're looking for an AT&T quote unquote exclusive to continue for the next couple of years where they have this N90 product and the N91 is indeed the Verizon version of the iPhone that is essentially what we see now just with the CDMA hardware. Exactly. Because, you know, there's new probably a, at least a new cellular radio in there, um, uh, you know, to, in order to have CDMA, not the GSM. So the hardware itself has to be different. You know, there's no SIM slot. Uh, there's new radios in it. Um, and, and of course, it, you know, the tie in with the, the processor is probably a little different as well. Um, so uh, it's, it's, I really think that's it. I mm-hmm. really do. Cause we haven't seen any of those. We've only seen N nineties and the, uh, the pictures of the development phones we've seen have N 90 written right on the back of them with the new, you know, thick iPad looking style device. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a very good chance that we could see the iPhone before uh, the end of the year. Mac rumor says this possibility as soon as November, this is coming from the street and they're saying that uh, they're potentially pushing uh, some manufacturing stuff to happen by Foxconn starting um, or actually no it was it was by Pegatron which is an operating division of Asus Tech which is the manufacturer of I guess other Verizon devices and they're looking to do so uh, starting in November so I guess we could see something in November too yeah that's when Verizon a lot of times launches their new phones they kind of backtracked and looked at some of the history um, which yeah, yeah that makes sense before the, the the Christmas shopping season really gets going you know, you want to get it to get that out there in the minds of people and uh, you know Mickey I'm just uh, I, I just amazed because this I, I really think that N91 is it because uh, I came up with that idea that we're gonna that they're gonna create more iPhones to try to you know we'll skirt around that exclusivity and to expand the iPhone line. I mean, yes, they have different versions right now. They have the 3G, 3GS, um, but it's not as varying as a lot of their other product lines. Like they have the iPods, how they vary pretty drastically in their models. Mm-hmm. You've got Nano, Shuffle, and Classic. You've got MacBook Pro, MacBook, MacBook Air. You've got Mac Mini, Mac Pro, and iMac. So it just goes to reason that they're going to be looking at two or three different types of iPhones. I think at this point, though, we're going to see probably a low end. So I think the 3GS is going to stay. That's going to be the $99 price point. That's what you're going to be able to get on AT&T. They're going to continue making those. The iPhone 3G goes away. And we get the 4G that comes out on AT&T. And who knows what they're going to call the CDMA side. I don't have any ideas for names. Uh, yeah, I don't either. It's going to be something different, though. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to have a totally different uh, ring to it. And and I don't know what they're going to call the fourth generation iPhone either. Mm. 4G is a, a term that is getting very kind of muddied, as we talked about just you know a little bit ago. What is 4G? And it's the fourth generation of hardware for Apple, but it's not 4G technology. And a lot of people get those two confused. Well, and they may want to advertise that, but, but then when the 4g radio comes to the iphone eventually which it will eventually i don't i don't know when well you already had a 4g iphone three years ago <laughs> so uh, yeah that's not gonna work so it's it, it I, I don't know what they're gonna call it no i don't either how but about the 3g ss the 3g <laughs> it's the super sport of the, <laughs> the 3g's super sport. that's right <laughs> That's pretty good and i don't like hd i mean i, I think oh it, please i'm so sick of hd yeah it's a possibility, but I just I don't think it's I don't think it's going to hit. So I don't know. Maybe. Although I didn't think it was going to be iPad either. You know? yeah, well, yeah, true. So 
I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, lots of Apple stuff here. Also, uh, iPhone vul- vulnerability, leaving your data wide open, even when even when using a pin. Apparently, you can connect an iPhone and uh, for, through the use of a file browser, go in and actually search around and see the information that is contained on your device. So be very careful if you're using an iPhone. Put a link in the show notes here so you can read more about it. But um, this looks like more of a you know hacker type of deal here. Not too much so. They're, they're saying if you just have a uh, whatever build of uh, Ubuntu Linux here, you just plug it in and you have full access to the file system. Mm. So it's not, uh, they're, they're not doing a good job to secure the, uh, the file system on the iPhone itself. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a security hole they'll probably fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking. Wow, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a pretty pretty easy thing to do if you're so inclined and there's a lot of netbooks out there that come with ubuntu yeah and you just plug it in it's it's not a it's not a hack at all it's just a very very simple uh, way to access your iphone information i may try to hack into my iphone see what's on there it'd be kind of interesting i think who knows what's on there yeah lots of files (laughs) lots of system stuff that really is meaningless at&t says that 40 percent of iphone sales are to business users now, Reuters reports this article as if 40% of the iPhone sales since the beginning of the year have been to business customers, suggesting that the phone is encroaching on RIM's uh, corporate market. Now, I have an interesting theory behind this, and, and Joey thought the same thing when he read the story. was, look, this device, the iPhone device, can be purchased and can be activated on an AT&T plan that has a corporate discount. I am one of those people. I work for a corporation when I... Uh, bought my uh, my first AT&T line. I, I signed up and got a corporate discount. And when I added the iPhone, it allows me to get a discount on the monthly service with that. So am I a corporate customer because of that? I think that's what this is saying. Exactly. There's no way 40% of iPhone users are in business. I mean, I, I, I know of a couple of actual business users of iPhone but Mickey, do you know more than one or two? Well, here I do, and I'll tell you why. Because our company has is a BlackBerry company, but has started the transition. If you are interested in an iPhone, they will give you an iPhone activated on your on your uh, you know on the on their on the the infrastructure if you want. But it's like five people. It's not. It's you know out of three hundred or four hundred BlackBerry users, it, it's not all that many. Yeah. So this is definitely taking those corporate discounts and corporate plans and corporate uh, that into account. It just has to be because it's just it's just not there yet. Yeah. It's 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 on its way. I understand it will eventually. You know, with with improvements and different things that will happen, more people will get it to use in business, but. As of this point, I mean, BlackBerry is coming out with new devices that keeps people in that ecosystem and really gives them no reason to leave. No. And the security and the yeah. the, the parts of BlackBerry with the enterprise server and how you can uh, affix the IT policies and how all the data is routed through uh, your, your corporate servers or proxy servers, however you want to do it. You, you can't do that with the iPhone. Uh, the, the, the OS 4 is definitely going to improve the enterprise, though, uh, having the ability to have multiple exchange accounts on the iPhone for, uh, OS 4. Uh, and there was a bunch of other um, enterprise-related features they previewed oh, yeah. as well. So that will really help them as well. Well, think back to just two minutes ago with this story about your data being wide open on your device. I mean, BlackBerry doesn't allow that. I mean, that's... Absolutely not. You know, 
So anyway, we'll see what happens with this going forward. But I think 40% may be a little high AT&T. Well, the LG Fathom, a fast Windows phone coming to Verizon Wireless. It boasts a 1 gigahertz processor plus 802.11n Wi-Fi. It runs the most recent version of Windows Phone. That's 6.5.3. It's got a 3.2 megapixel camera and also a QWERTY slider. It'll be available to business customers this weekend and cust- uh, regular consumers starting on June 3rd. $250 with a contract. Verizon is also offering a $100 mail-in rebate in the form of a debit card. The BlackBerry 9800 slider caught on video yet again, this time showing off an AT&T splash screen and BlackBerry 6. So if you're looking for the next slider BlackBerry, it looks like AT&T could be the exclusive provider for this one. And uh, some interesting stuff, too, to see the BlackBerry 6 on video. The Pearl 3G getting FCC clearance from T-Mobile. This version comes with 850 and 1900 megahertz WCDMA uh, as well. Or excuse me, uh, 1700 megahertz WCDMA indicating that it is not the AT&T version. Yet um, this one comes, looks like both 20 and 14 key flavors. So if you're interested in picking up a BlackBerry Pearl 3G, it could be coming very soon. Though if you're in Canada, Rogers launched their Pearl 3G, and uh, this one looks to be uh, very uh, similar. Maybe a different color here. Looks like it's got the Rogers red color, though. It's a little bit hard to tell from the picture. Specs include a 3.2 megapixel camera, built-in Wi-Fi, GPS, and 3G connectivity, of course, plus a 2 gigabyte memory card included in the box. But the phone does support up to 32 gigs. Uh, the cost of the device goes anywhere from $50 all the way up to $424, depending on what type of contract you sign. A white BlackBerry Bold 9700 is now available from T-Mobile, and it's only $100. Head over to T-Mobile if you're interested in the latest in 3G hardware for the BlackBerry on there. Dell's Streak getting official in the UK. This Android tablet device has got 16 gigs of internal memory, 5 megapixel camera, and a 5-inch WVGA capacitive screen with support for micro SD cards up to 32 gigabytes, uh, Wi-Fi, GPS, Bluetooth, 7.2 megabit per second HSDPA, and a 1 gigahertz Qualcomm Snapdragon processor round out the specifications. Looks like this one could be coming later in the summer to the U.S., The Nexus One made its first retail appearance in stores this week at 250 locations in Iowa. iWireless now has the Nexus One available. They're offering it for $300 after a rebate and a new contract. iWireless noted that selling... It's also selling other Android handsets, including the Motorola Milestone, HTC Hero, and Samsung Behold 2. The Nexus One is, though, still available via Google's online store for $180 on a T-Mobile contract. T-Mobile's Garmin phone landing on June 9th for $200. If you're interested in navigation on your device, uh, this is could be or could be the device for you starting on June 9th for $200. You can get it on T-Mobile. Verizon launching two new Motorola Droid phones in July. The Wall Street Journal reports uh, that uh, the CEO of Motorola, Sanjay Jha, said, quote, we will introduce new Droid products in the Verizon franchise. He also indicated that Verizon will be supporting its devices with marketing campaigns uh, seen uh, promoting the original Motorola Droid device. Since Verizon has uh, been using the Droid campaign, the Android line has flourished. Jod did not provide any specifics about the devices that it will be releasing in July. Stores opening early June 4th for the Evo 4G, and there is a mobile hotspot loophole. 8 a.m. will be the time that you can start to pick up your Evo, and you're encouraged to get there early, according to Sprint, if you want to make sure that you get one, as they're anticipating heavier than normal traffic. 
Also, a loophole here showing that WiMAX hotspot functionality for up to eight devices will initially work without paying the $30 monthly fee. And this will only work, though, on the 4G networks. Sprint said they expect to have this corrected sometime in July after the mobile hotspot add-on will then require activation. Uh, AT&T has got an Android 2.1 powered Samsung device coming. It's the i897. The Samsung device is uh, got a four inch AMOLED screen closely resembling the Samsung Galaxy S five megapixel and a stock version of Android 2.1. Looks like a one gigahertz Snapdragon processor, but no official details on this one yet. The LG View Plus coming to AT&T and Gadget confirms information that the View uh, will be coming or View Plus will be coming to AT&T. The most notable change from the View is the landscape slider QWERTY keyboard. This one also has a three inch capacitive touchscreen, 7.2 megabit per second HSDPA, three megapixel autofocus camera and video recording, AT&T video share capability and micro SD expansion on top of the phone's internal 50 megabytes. It will hit shelves for a whopping $150. I don't think this phone is worth it, but uh, you may. So check that one out if you're interested in a new device from AT&T. Well, uh, more software news here in a moment. First, a word about another way to support the cell phone junkie. You enjoy this show, so why not help us out by supporting uh, us with subscription to the cell phone junkie unlocked our bi-monthly premium podcast for only $5 a month or $45 a year. You can help keep us bringing you the latest in cellular news each and every week. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right for TCPJ Unlocked. Then click subscribe to premium content and follow the instructions to get signed up. Thanks to everyone who already supports us with their subscription. First in software news, the official OS update for the BlackBerry Bold 9650 has arrived for Sprint. This upgrades the software to 5.0.0.699. And they mentioned just a couple of updates for this one, though. Uh, The 112 megabyte size of the upgrade seems like it would uh, have a little bit more with it. One thing I will say, I got this one updated uh, this past week, and I do believe it has done some nice things to enhance the signal strength, or at least the reliability of the signal strength indicator on the device itself, as well as some speed improvements. It's It's been very responsive since I got this one here. It's kind of interesting that they, you know, they release these Blackberries on specifically the CDMA carriers and then just release updates, you know, within a couple of weeks of them. Yeah, Sprint seems a little bit better than Verizon on getting them approved and getting them out a little faster. Uh, you also said you had an improvement with a, a G email plugin you you could not get to work um beforehand I did. I did and i don't know what my problem was but ultimately they whatever um this update did uh, i guess reinstalling the entire operating system got it finally working for me though i had done a complete wipe and re you know reinstall i guess of the os and it um, it wasn't fixing it so yeah it is working now so i've got the enhanced gmail plugin nice and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it was something in the os that was bad that now allows that to work for you because i had those uh sprint curve 85 30s the new ones i the 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 stock firmware that it came with mickey i could not connect it to a usb port and have the phone charge or stay on the phone continuously re- rebooted itself being plugged into a usb port what? so i had to do the over the air update to get the software to update to upgrade to get it to be able to plug into a usb port so uh they they've they've got a little bit of quality control issue with their very first uh, softwares yeah, this seems like it's kind of a reoccurring theme with the Blackberries that are coming out. I don't, I don't know what the on the CDMA side, and they get fixed. So it's not that they're, you know, ultimately going to be 
you know, not working well forever. But I, I just, you know, I mentioned last week, I thought there was some sluggishness with the phone. That's pretty much completely gone now. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the snappiness of it. The, the Gmail plugin is great. I'm doing processing all my email right now on it and, and very happy about that. Easy to reply, easy to label, archive, delete. It all syncs. It's great. See, that's what I want, Mickey. I mean, those are the few things that I, I, I thought, you know, getting the BlackBerry would be good for. And, you know, having that software update is what pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, until they did that, I was like, well, I'll wait until they update Smart. it. Very smart. So anyway, but uh, good news there. If you haven't got that one yet, the link in the show notes here, but it's official. You can also just plug it into the BlackBerry desktop manager, which is actually what I did. And it pulled all the updates over for me. Mozilla announced that it's working on an application for the iPhone that will let users of its desktop Firefox browser sync their browsing history over to the iPhone. The application will be called Firefox Home and includes access to users' Firefox bookmarks, which uh, the tabs from which their most recent browser session had, and also the Firefox awesome bar which speeds up website address typing yeah it's awesome and it's a bar the application is made possible using firefox's sync technology which mozilla says is encrypted to protect user privacy the application is free or will be free and though mozilla is still needing to finish some development of the application before submitting to the iphone app store for approval Symantec has detailed plans to reach beyond the PC side and move into the mobile space. Norton Smartphone Security will be a beta download available for Android devices starting next month. The software will allow remote locking, wiping, and Norton's anti-malware software. The software will also block unwanted calls. Beyond security, Symantec will offer Norton Connect as a beta for iPhone OS devices and Android phones. It will access files stored on the Symantec Norton Online Backup or Norton 360 servers. To help bring these products to the market, Symantec has joined with HTC Mobility Now to do so. Fox Mobile launching BitBop Beta, a Hulu for your phone. Silly name, but pretty cool stuff. The 25 content partners include Fox, CBS, NBC, and Comedy Central and will allow unlimited full-length network TV shows with no commercial interruptions to be streamed to the devices for only $10 a month, or commercial-driven devices can be done, or shows can be viewed for free. So that's kind of a cool thing if you're looking to watch TV on your handheld device. Samsung issued a statement this week regarding the Samsung Behold 2's update. The company said that it has caught on video the Behold 2, and it would get an over-the-air update on to Android 2.0. Behold 2 owners have been in arms recently as a rumor of the Behold 2 remains stuck on Android 1.5. The director of public relations for Samsung America reached out and stated that the Samsung Samsung will meet owners halfway and upgrade the Behold 2 to Android 1.6, meaning the Behold 2. I'm having a hard time saying Behold. The Behold 2 will get a free navigation feature update in Google Maps as well as the Google Voice Search as well as the rest of the Android 1.6 features. So we'll see what happens with that one. And as promised last month, the Sirius XM streaming radio application is now available directly from Sirius at SiriusXM.com Android. Head over if you'd like to listen to your Sirius subscription on an Android device. In response to queries about its future product plan, Skype PR issued a statement that indicates the company will offer Skype on all Android handsets later in the year, which will include a video chat feature. 
The statement reads, quote, Skype envisions a world where video players plays a larger role in the way we communicate. It's on computers, televisions, and it will eventually be coming to mobile devices as well. We're getting big on video and we intend to set the bar on mobile video calling. And it's something we're going to do this year. We will be bringing a direct to consumer application to the Android marketplace later in the year, and it will be available for all customers globally to download regardless of their carrier. Right now, Skype on Android is limited to Verizon wireless handsets. Competitor Fring had announced recently a new Android application that does offer free video calling and wraps in other services like MSN, ICQ, Gtalk, and other instant messaging platforms into one application. Let's talk about some questions and comments this week. Uh, First one is a comment from Nicholas, and he says, "Uh, Mickey, I listened to the latest TCPJ episode, and there were a few questions concerning cheap data in Germany, so I decided to make a list of the three cheapest local providers and uh, for affordable data, as well as international calling and texting to other European countries, the U.S., Canada, and with prices. Maybe you could forward this email on to the person who had the question. Thanks, Nicholas. Uh, so I took Nicholas's email and actually uh, posted it um, uh, on the blog. And so what I will do is I'll put a link in the show notes here. If you go into, uh, go to thecellphonejunkie.com and go to show 209 and click on comment from Nicholas, you'll be able to see all the things that uh, Nicholas detailed out for us. And it's a really extensive review uh, of what he did. And it's very, very nice. So thanks very much, Nicholas, for that. Um, oh, and also I think it was Scott that had the question and he says, thank you, Nicholas, as well. Next one is a comment from TechJunkie79. He says, hey, listening to podcast 90, uh, the latest podcast and the 9650-9700 discussion and the speed difference. And this can be attributed to the 9700 having a much better CPU. It's a 500 megahertz processor versus a 600 megahertz processor. Just an FYI. Well, thank you very much for that uh, clarification because that was indeed a question that I had on the last show. So now that is uh, answered. Next is a comment from Alex, and he says, Guys, I just want to say that I love the show. I've been listening for a couple of years, and I recently started to subscribe to Unlocked. In show number 50, you talked about femto cells and suggested that none of your listeners have one. Well, I do. The UK is a small country when you compare it to the US, but like everywhere, there are patches of no or weak signal. I live in London. So you would think I would get good signal with any network. Unfortunately, though, that is not true. At home, T-Mobile UK offers a great 3G signal. However, in lots of the UK, they are very limited. In my case, I need to only walk one mile to the nearest supermarket and there is no signal. They also offer a limited choice of handsets. Orange, O2, and Vodafone all seem to have better coverage around the UK, but at my home, I get a weak 2G signal with these networks at best. Vodafone offers a femto cell that they call Sure Signal. I bought one of these in December, and the start at the start I had a few issues, but it is now working okay. I have full 3G signal at my home, and at most of the places that I go now have Vodafone signal too. So I can depend on I can depend on my cell phone, which I could not do when I was on T-Mobile. Here in the UK, there have been lots of complaints from people saying, "Why should I be charged for the unit?" Why should calls that I make on my phone via femtocell come out of my monthly allowance when they go over my internet connection? Should Vodafone not provide a better signal? Well, I really don't disagree with the statements. Uh, No network can offer full signal everywhere unless there is a lot more cell towers uh, and the NIMBYs don't really want that. I would get a uh, get. I could get by without a femto cell, but I'm a cell phone junkie, and having good signal on my network uh, that offers a good choice of handsets is important to me. Keep up the good work, as always, Alex. P.S. Orange UK 
offers a service called UMA where the handset connects to a network via any Wi-Fi signal. I've tried this. It does work well. However, the choice of handsets is very limited, but it's great if you want a BlackBerry Bold, but not so great if you want to use a range of handsets. Yeah, and that's the perfect use for a femtocell, Mickey, is if you've got great coverage everywhere else but your home. I would recommend going the Femtel cell route because, I mean, that's a great way to go because you've got then great service at home and then you have good service everywhere else as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was thinking about this one and, um, you know, you can pick these up for what, a hundred bucks or something like that. And, and truly, if you're, if you're relying on your cell phone to give you the service, it's probably not a bad thing to do. Um, it, you know, there's always the chance, even if you do have good service, that you're going to have drop calls or, you know, a tower is going to go out in your area and you're going to be stuck for a while without it. You don't really have to worry about that. Um, cable networks or DSL connections seem to be much more reliable than cell networks, at least, you know, within, you know, well, I'll just say a couple of percent more reliable than cellular networks. So if it's really that important to you, this is where a femtocell really relay comes into play. Yeah. And of course, the question about them paying for it. Yeah, they really should because it's going over your data line. Um, but it, it, it's definitely an option, you know, that it's great to have. It's a piece of technology, though, you are that someone has to pay for it. Someone has to create it. And, um, you know, I, I see why they're charging people for it. And at the very least, they're not charging you to use it. Uh, they're just charging you to actually purchase the hardware itself. Now, I know on AT&T, you can pick up for, I think, 20 bucks a month. You can add an unlimited calling on your plan with use over it, which seems like a good idea, too, especially if you've got a, a plan where you've got a limited number of minutes, but you like to talk a lot when you're, say, at your home or at your office or something like that. There are definitely good uses for femto cells. I just don't hear a lot about, you know, people actually saying, oh, yeah, I can't tell you how great it's been since I got this femto cell in my house. I mean, it's just it's not something you hear. No, it doesn't come up that much. It really doesn't. And even in the circles that, you know, we swing in, I mean, it's like not many people have femto cells. I don't have one. You don't have one. No, but there's a great advantage to it. Um, it, it you know, have better battery life, too, at your house. That's um, true. You know, I know like my Sprint phone, if I've got low, low coverage, it just sucks the battery down. Uh, last weekend, I was in an area where I had very weak Sprint service and my full battery lasted six hours on Oof. standby without even touching the phone. That's that's painful. That's like when you, you know, if you forget to drop your phone on a plane, you, you land at your destination, dead. Hate Almost. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, next one here is a comment from Lee he says, guys, this may be something you already know, but the Gmail plugin for BlackBerry only works in the email specific folder. It won't sync or give you labels or archive for the general combined message folder. That may be possible. Or it, that may possibly be why it isn't working for you as it took me 10 minutes to figure out why it wasn't working. Quite the annoying restriction as I was using it for my combined folder in the 9700. Still, it won't be an issue in December as I'll finally be on Android. Keep up the great work and awesome information you give out, Lee. Lee is right, and this was something I, I knew about and I checked about it, checked it out um, when I had the issue. So on the BlackBerry, you've got a specific folder for messages, and then you've got a specific folder for each email account. And what he's saying is that if you go into the messages folder and you're reading an email in messages, you cannot go into that message and then go into your settings and go into archive. It does not have that option. Also, interestingly, with the enhanced Gmail plugin, it's not synchronizing my messages uh, from my messaging folder over to my Gmail folder. I've got a very clean Gmail inbox, as Joey is looking at here. I've got nothing in there. Um, and when I go into my messages folder, I have a ton of messages in there. And this is like everything that uh, since I did the reset of the BlackBerry. So not exactly sure why that's not happening, but I did know that that was the reason. And so the enhanced Gmail plugin does only work on the specific uh, folder that's set up, or I, I'll just say icon set up on the screen of the BlackBerry. So 
eh, limitation. Yes. Really that annoying. I don't know. Not really. I didn't, I don't really care about it. I never go into the messaging folder anyway, just go into the Gmail one. But for those that want the, uh, what do they call it? The combined inbox, then that could be a problem. So hmm. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, it's, I, I like to keep them separate, the accounts, because then I yeah. know where the source is coming from. I just, uh, my central is like that. And I, I you know, the, the combined inbox is good too, but I, I would rather have them separate. What I, what I'd like is fast account switching. Um, the iPhone does not have fast account switching. It's like four clicks to switch between. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Joey's showing me here. It's it's just a one click and just, it's yeah, switching. One hardware button flips yeah. me between my work and my personal. Windows Mobile is the same. You just hit like the right key or the left key and it switches you between the accounts that you have. And so, yeah, fast inbox switching, I think, is is a little bit more important. But anyway, thanks for that information. I probably wouldn't have mentioned it on the show if it wasn't for that, Lee. So thank you. Next one, a comment from Darren. He says, guys, in reference to caller Scott, who is asking about prepaid data plans for his iPhone, I don't have an unlimited solution, but there is a way to get 100 megabytes, which is good enough for email in a week or two of miscellaneous stuff. Just don't start watching YouTube. Here's how I did it on my iPhone 3G. Go to AT&T, pay $25 for the Go prepay SIM card. Get the $1 per day plan, which charges you $1 per day for voice, which is uh, plus 10 cents per minute for all the calls that you make, only on the days when you make voice calls. Tell them it is for a Sony Ericsson or some other 3G phone, and it is not for an iPhone. You bought it unlocked on eBay and you have it back at your hotel um, and basically that you'll insert the card when you get back to your room. Then call the Go service and tell them that you want to activate MediaNet on the phone, which is the WAP service. The 100 megabyte package is only $20 per month and you have $5 left for emergency calls. It will auto renew each month and you own, but only but only if you have the $20 on there to cover it. And then number three change the APN settings under network in the settings menu. And then uh, he gives the APN settings, which APN is WAP dot singular. The username is WAP at singular GPRS.com. And the password is singular one. If the APN settings menu does not appear, you may have to go to a web page to change them. And uh, he lists the page here, which is unlockit.co.nz. The site runs a bit of code that creates a custom profile for the unknown carrier. Use the option for custom APN uh, and the settings above. However, uh, oftentimes the APN settings are available in the settings menu and the final step is not needed. There is no jailbreak needed to do this. However, the phone does need to be unlocked which Scott did say he did that he had uh, hope this helps Darren Darren. I really hope it does. And Scott, I hope you caught all that. If not, shoot me a quick email and I'll forward you all this information, but hopefully that can help you out too. Just another option for things that you can do with your unlocked device here. Great, great stuff here from Darren. So thanks much. Yeah, that's a great workaround. That's a little complicated, but uh, that's, that is a great workaround. I like it. Anyway, Darren says also PS love both shows. Listen, uh, even listened also to the Android Cent- central show, though I no longer have my G one. You may want to do an unlock show about how people use their phones in this gray zone. For instance, did you know that if you have unlocked iPhone an unlocked iPhone on T-Mobile and then canceled the data plan, you still have access to m.yahoo.com. Uh, if that's what you use for email, you get free over the air email. I stumbled across it by accident. I'm thinking that it's a portal to Yahoo or something that is open and T-Mobile offering a free service. Yeah, it seems like T-Mobile's had that for a long time back uh, with the prepaid SIMs that I did, that uh, my wife used to have with a Sony Ericsson phone. Uh, for a long time, they actually had just free unlimited data with the, with the prepaid, uh, wow. but it was on their certain sites. 
was the the data that they had available. And then if you changed a proxy server setting, that's what it was, uh, then you'd get data. Uh, they, they closed that loophole, though, shortly after. But it's, it's it, it, yeah, T-Mobile's always been kind of uh, strange like that. I don't know. I, I think um, I think that's a great idea, though, and that's a good Unlock Show topic. So um, thank you very much, number one, Darren, for subscribing to the show and uh, also um, for your, your information here. Very, very good stuff. And this is this is what I love about the comments is people sending in this great stuff. Next one here is also a good one. It's a comment from Isaac. It says, Mickey, I spent a ton of time on the quest for two separate address books, one for my work exchange and one for my personal uh, Google Apps accounts. I use the iPhone the Nexus One and the BlackBerry Bold 9700. This is very frustrating because it never seemed like my dream would come true. Although they have now, all three devices now have two separate and distinct address books. Let me tell you how I did it. First on the iPhone, running 4.0 with the multiple exchange accounts. I have my work, MS Exchange account, and Google Apps. The address books are listed in the one address book icon on the iPhone. I click on one of my entries and it shows which account it is synced with as well as just allowing me to filter one address book or the other. The iPhone allows me to create a new address book entry and specify which address book I'd like it to sync with. So yes, obviously 4.0, going to be awesome on the iPhone for that particular purpose. So great, great uh, news on that front. On the BlackBerry OS 5.0, BIS 3.0, and the enhanced Gmail plugin, the BlackBerry syncs the Google address book in the same fashion as the iPhone. So there you go. That's great news to hear. On the Nexus, and that's, of course, if you, I think if you, how would you, let's see, you've got your contacts synchronizing with the BIS 3.0. That's an option that you can check when you set up your new account on the BIS. So that would make sense if you've got stuff coming in from your exchange account through there and then also through your Gmail. So yeah, that makes sense. And then he says on the Nexus 1, of course, the phone syncs seamlessly with Google accounts, but with Android 2.1, it also does exchange address book sync quite nicely. Conclusion, all devices offer a consolidated address book with no duplicates. Both are separate from each other, but listed on one simple and easy to use list. I'm a contact list. I'm in contact list utopia. Keep up the great work, Isaac. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. That's a great, uh, that, that's interesting uh, news about the uh, the 4.0 for iPhone OS because we had a question about that because I just, just didn't know because I yeah. didn't have it. Uh, so that's neat how they show it unified but separate. And it's uh, BlackBerry. I haven't yet witnessed that. I was hoping to <laughs> um, see how that works, but uh, I guess not uh, yet. And then, um, yeah, that's great. You can do that with the... Uh, the uh, the Google phones, the Androids, all three top smartphones out there. You'll be able to do this now. So great news there on all of those fronts. So I, I like that. That's uh, that's another great tip that you can do that with all three. And boy, Isaac, what a, look at this device lineup he has: iPhone, Nexus, and Bold ninety seven hundred. Wow, cell phone junkie. He is a cell phone junkie. Thanks, Isaac, for writing in. We appreciate it. Next is a comment from Eric, Mickey, and Joey. I listen to your show each and every week to keep up to date with the latest smartphone news. You guys are doing a great job. Well, first, thanks, Eric, for that. He says, I'd like to respond to a question that a listener had in the last episode. Ryan is looking for a way to get his Google contacts and calendar on his iPhone, but he's already got an exchange account. I work for CompanionLink software. We make software to sync all sorts of personal information managers and smartphones. Ryan could try one of our products, CompanionLink for Google for the PC, to sync his Google contacts and calendar to Microsoft Outlook. He could then sync Outlook via his iPhone to his iPhone via iTunes. If he were to get CompanionLink and sync his Google contacts to the Outlook subfolder, for example, a contact subfolder called Google Contacts would then configure iTunes and sync only that group of contacts. Then his contacts would be synced to his iPhone in the Google Contacts group, which would help differentiate his contacts from an exchange contacts. 
Uh, we also have a wireless sync solution that might work for Ryan, the companion link professional for PC, and Deja Office for the iPhone. Deja Office is the iPhone application which adds the kind of PIM functionality that we feel is lacking in the native contact and calendar app. We also have a version of it for Android 2. There are two-week free trials for each, so Ryan's free to try it out. He can find more information at companionlink.com and dejaoffice.com. Thanks, Eric. Hey, those are great options as well. Uh, unfortunately, with the iPhone OS 4.0, in most cases, that it'll be kind of uh, unnecessary because then it'll do it natively. However, if you have an older iPhone that's not going to take advantage of the full feature set of, IF, uh, of uh, 4.0, then this would be a great way to do that. Also, the Android options here, some of the 2.1 devices will be able to take advantage, like uh, like Isaac was saying, of, of how you can you know, synchronize your exchange address book and your Google account, but some of the older versions are, are not quite that uh, powerful. So uh, another option there uh, for you, Ryan. So hopefully those both will help out. Next is a comment from Rich. He says, guys, great podcast. I look forward to every episode. Thought you may be interested in a quick device review. I've spent quite a bit of time looking for a Bluetooth headset that would work for me. Uh, for the last year, I've been using the Jabra BT530 and I've been very happy with it. It's comfortable, has a great battery life and really nice audio quality on both ends. I wanted an A2DP headset because I listen to podcasts often and it is great for that. The best part is that it sells for $69, but I got mine on sale for $59. Thanks again for the great podcast. It's a great show. Well, thanks, Rich, for that and for the information on that. So if you're looking for a recommendation, the Jabra BT5300, working out well for Rich. Next is a comment from Michael. Says, I've been a longtime listener. You do a great job. I work in the mobile business and I regularly tell 100 or so folks on my team to listen to your show. You do a really great job and are the gold standard in mobile device coverage. Well, Michael, that's very, very nice of you to say. We appreciate, number one, the comments and for you uh, spreading the word about the cell phone junkie. We do everything we can to make sure that you are informed each and every week of the latest news. And finally today, a question from Derek. He says, I have a quick question, Mickey. Is the Evo 4G able to be unlocked for GSM carriers? No reviews mention it, but I am wanting that option. Well, Derek, unfortunately, the Evo is an 850 and 1900 megahertz EVDO device, plus then it's got the 2500 megahertz uh, WiMAX network built into it as well. So those are the only bands in it. You cannot unlock it for use on a GSM network. There's just no way to do it. Yeah, it's probably didn't have physical room for it. They probably wanted it in there, uh, you know, because they can make more money on uh, global international roaming. But it's probably just no room in that in that form factor at this point. Yeah. Keep in mind, of course, you can use it uh, on other in other areas of the world that have CDMA. You could roam on those partners. It's not cheap, but you could. But you were looking for it to be unlocked to use with other GSM carriers. Sorry, it is not available. I suppose on the Sprint side, you'd have to go with uh, the BlackBerry Bold, the BlackBerry Tour, the um, Touch Pro 2. Um, there's a Samsung Ace, uh, Windows Mobile. There's a, a couple of others. There's a, an old BlackBerry 8830. Um, and then there's like one just regular phone that they have that's a, a global roaming that you can unlock. But most Sprint devices come unlocked with their SIM slots, but the band coverage they have varies. The the new Bold, I think, has the best coverage. Maybe the Touch Pro 2 has some of the, has a, the U.S. bands as well, I think, offhand, but I'm not sure. Yeah, some of them do. Like this Bold, I know, has quad band GSM in it. So, you know, we did, we did a test call last week. I popped in my AT&T SIM and was able to make a call, no problem. Um, when you force it over to GSM service with just the Sprint SIM card in it, it does not lock onto any network except for emergency calls, I believe. So unfortunately, you, you can't use it with a, um, you 
you know, with the built-in SIM, but you could go, you could put in your AT&T SIM or T-Mobile SIM. In fact, I thought about doing this because I've got a Sprint and AT&T account. Maybe just put my AT&T SIM in here and switch back and forth between the networks as I want and, and go with that. It's kind of like a dual, I guess, service you know, d- device, but ultimately, I don't know um, if I'm going to do that. But it's, um, yeah, the, these different options for devices that come on CDMA and then can be used on GSM networks are becoming more and more prevalent. And I would just say, Derek, just, you know, unfortunately, there's not a lot of awesome options right now for GSM devices on the Android side. I know that's probably why you're thinking about going with the Evo because it is a solid device. But uh, just wait. There will be some coming. I I can tell you that. We'll just see uh, what we have here in the next couple of months. Android is moving fast and furious. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so by calling 206-203-3734 or sending an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com and we'll get your question or comment read and or answered on the show. Joey, it's great as always to be up here. I love it recording in Minnesota. It's always a lot of fun. Thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.